everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. It's been a minute that I've been at, well, I've taught Bible study, you know, life. But I'm excited to see everyone tonight. How's everybody doing? Oh, great. Okay. So let's just say a quick word of prayer as we start. Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence once more to hear your word and to to talk about your word, to have a conversation about your word. I pray, Lord God, that you will anoint my mouth, that I will speak correctly and not amiss in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, huh, all right. So welcome everyone, welcome um, those of you online, Facebook and YouTube, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is week um, six, we've been talking about disciple and discipleship and everything. So we can do, if we can do like a quick recap of what a disciple is. All right, so disclaimer, right? The way that I teach Bible study can be different, I, I just want to prepare your mind. <laughs> I'm not the regular type. Okay, I'm going to use personal experiences because I think that that's how um, it, it helps, right? If you know where I'm coming from, where I've been, where I'm coming from, where I am right now, then you can use that to, um, with your own growth as well. So, who is a disciple? If I can throw that out. Who is a disciple? I'm going to start calling people. <laughs> Who is the disciple? Yes, you can. Thank you. You got to listen. Okay. Yes, I will be nice to you. Be nice too. All right, let's go. A person who, my sister, continue, please. A person who is learning, learning from, from Jesus, from Christ, Jesus, and then and is also impacting the same knowledge to other people. To other. and those people are also transmitting the same knowledge to other people. Thank you. So a disciple is one who's learning at the feet of Jesus, right? So a disciple is someone who. Um, what did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. He was following Christ and then he was telling other people to follow him. So kind of saying imitate what I do because I'm seeing my own, I'm imitating Christ. So imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? So I said that a, a, a disciple is a believer, one who follows Christ with the purpose of discipling other people. That's that, I mean... That's simple enough, right? That is, can we, do you mind if you come closer? My OI, yes, you, and then my brother, at the, yeah. Even with the kids, bring them, bring them. <laughs> okay, so that's it. The call to disciple, to be a disciple really is an invitation to partner with Christ. That's not, I think my favorite, um, explanation to me is a disciple is someone who partners with Christ. 
You are partner, you are in partnership with Christ. That's the most basic that I can um, actually bring out of this. And it's in, uh, let me just read it. The call, what does it mean to be a disciple? The call to discipleship is an invitation to fully join with Christ, to live out our destiny, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, because um, nobody's born a disciple, right? Nobody's born following Christ, right? Okay, so we need to be empowered to do that and then to carry out the Great Commission. And we need dedication to be a disciple. So if we look at that Luke 9, 23 and, to 20, and 26, to 23 and then 26, to says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So three things. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. 25, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of, God, of man will be ashamed of, and, and things like that, right? So, three things that Jesus lays out. If you want to be a disciple, I read them out, so I'm going to ask, what are those three things? Three things that he lays out. Three things that are unambiguous, they are explicit that you need if you're going to be a disciple. Three things. I need someone to tell me. Deny yourself. Follow Christ daily. Uh, take your cross daily and follow him. Follow him. So... Can someone explain to me? So, so the deny yourself, I think that's, that's um, straightforward. Deny yourself, follow him is straightforward. But take up your cross daily. Can someone take a stab at what that means? Take up your cross daily. I'm going to call names. I'm going to call names. Pastor Hubie. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily uh, is, is a reference to a denial, a constant, continual, daily denial of one's self, one's will, one's desires, one's dreams, aspirations, goals. It's just a complete abandonment of self. Complete abandonment of self so that the Holy Spirit is the one in control, right? Jesus, right. Pastor Tunde, do you want to take a stab at it? Do you want to add something to it? No? <laughs> okay, he's shaking his head. All right, so we see it. Refu um, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him. So, let's talk discipleship. This is... Um, Growing from a state of spiritual infancy and you begin to mature, right? You're going from infancy to maturity. You're learning, you're learning more about God, and, and then that's how you're growing. But 
the mission, though, is to go and make disciples, right? So discipleship is really making disciples, the process of making disciples. So the, 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 over, over, the, the ultimate to discipleship is disciples making disciples. And I never understood this until we went for the retreat. And thank God, Pastor Hubie was my teacher at the retreat. And I didn't know, okay? I didn't know. I thought that you had to be um, at this stage, this growth stage, before you could begin to disciple someone else. But you really don't have to be. You don't have to become a pastor before you start discipling someone. Right? So, ultimately, that's how we also fulfill the mandate of the Great Commission. It says for us to go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said, right? So, we need to be discipling people while we ourselves are being discipled. Have I lost anybody yet? Have I lost anyone yet? Mayowa, I still got you. (laughs) So, being a disciple, a disciple maker entails being actively engaged in the process of introducing people. Like people are growing. As you're growing, you're helping other people grow as somebody else is helping you grow. So it's like a circle and it keeps going. It doesn't end. It does not end. You're learning and you're growing and you're teaching somebody else. You're learning, you're growing, and you're teaching somebody else. And they're teaching somebody else. All right? So, um, now, what are the fundamentals of discipleship? You're going gonna, gonna, to you're gonna help me with your name. Fola. All right. Fola has something to say. You have a question. Okay. Um, so, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, as... As we're being discipled, we're discipling others. Mm-hmm. And I also um, see the scripture there. It um, says, you know, be followers of me even as I'm followers of Christ. But I just wonder, like, how do we handle when the person that is, you know, doing the discipling is not, is making mistakes? How do you, you know, ba- balance that? <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So hold that question. Um, so... The four basics or fundamentals of, of discipleship, right? Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, right? For you shall meditate therein day and night. So we read the word. We hear the word. We show the word. We read the word. We apply the word to our lives. We show it. People see the impact of the word in our lives, in our character, in in how we speak, in how we behave, the things that we do. That's how we're showing it. And as we show it, we teach it. Right? We teach it. Sometimes that word teach can be confusing because just because you're not holding the microphone and and, and preaching the word does not mean that you're not teaching the word. There's so many ways. You can teach the word through your character. You can teach the word through how you speak to people, how you show love. And the fourth one is that we serve the world. 
So we read the word, we hear the word, we apply it to our lives, we show it to other people, they see it, we, 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 we teach it, and then we serve the world. Outside of the church, sometimes when we're in, inside, in the, inside the church or among believers like ourselves, we're not aware that we're, we're, we're teaching the word. When you go out there, when you, you, you are in the, um, the water cooler at work and the gossip is about to start, or you go to the, to the mall and the person serving you is kind of rude and you want to you wanna pop off too. So those things, right? So... A disciple is committed to the Great Commission because that's, who, that's what Jesus said to go do. The Great Commission is really go out and make disciples. Who's going to go out and make disciples? A disciple. Right? I've still got everybody? All right. So let's talk about the Great Commission. That is a, a requirement, a scriptural requirement a scriptural mandate that Jesus gave the disciples to go and make, Christi- and make um, disciples, create Christians, like imitate him. Paul said, imit- um, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, essentially. So, but if you look at it, Jesus didn't say, Go out and make disciples, and, and that was the end of it. He equipped them, right? He gave them the Holy Spirit, said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and sorry, I'm going to be paraphrasing scriptures, okay? If that's okay with you guys. He said, before he went to heaven, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why do you think he gave us the Holy Spirit? Think about 2022. Why do you think the Holy Spirit gave us the Holy Spirit? The last four years gave the Holy Spirit so that we need the, because we need the Holy Spirit. There's some people, you see their faces, you don't even want to say anything. Some people, you see their faces, you have to pray for boldness, like Holy Spirit. I feel like I need to talk to this person, but uh, their look is scary. We need the Holy Spirit. We need discernment. Sometimes you bring, you can bring them the word, but it may not be the right time. The Holy Spirit, okay? So, what is the, the, the process of discipleship? Um, the process of discipleship really is we go, again, go into the world. We go. But there is something, and that's what I really wanted to talk, also talk about tonight. There is something that in, in my um, opinion, you cannot do correctly or successfully unless you have it. You cannot successfully disciple someone if you're not growing spiritually. Do we agree? Okay. 
we cannot truly, truly be disciples or even disciples. Let's, let's even talk about disciples. It goes beyond, I go to church on Sunday. I pray when I wake up in the morning. I pray before I sleep. I, I, I pray the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Right? It goes beyond that. Spiritual growth goes beyond all of that. I'm looking for a word. If someone can give me a word before you even dive, dive deeper. I'm looking for a word. When you think spiritual growth, can someone give me one word that you would use to qualify it? Cassandra? <laughs> you thought out loud. Maturity. Maturity. Thank you. What else? Fala, you had something? Transform. Don't keep, don't keep it to yourself. Please talk to me. Talk to us. Maturity, transformation. Okay. Why? Why do you need to be, why do you need transformation? Because that's the only way to show that you've truly accepted the teaching in your life. Because the teaching is supposed to transform you. So if you're sitting in, 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 in church, you're coming to church, you're coming Sunday, you're coming Wednesday, you're coming to our pouring, you're joining um, Command Your Monks, you're join, and nothing is happening. You're not getting transformed. Okay. I want to have intentionality. Intentionality. Intentionally seeking Christ every day. Jeremiah 29, 29, 13. If you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. There's a condition, right? If you seek me, you will find me. It's different. There's two things. If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. So you can seek and not seek with all of your heart. It's possible for you to seek God. But when you seek him with all of your heart, then you will find him. So if you seek him with half, you get half. If you seek him with all, you get all. Right? So I put, I put what are the signs? What are the, 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 the signs of spiritual growth? I put some things here, but they're not exhaustive. Because I think other people may have... Um, things that they, they can put. For me, I, I said you make wiser decisions because your, all of your decisions are guided, they're guarded, they're guided by the Holy Spirit. I remember, I think, I'm going to say back to a year ago, finally realizing that when I started to put my decisions and say, Holy Spirit, I'm not doing anything until I get a release, it was easier. I stopped striving. I stopped struggling so much. Before then, I would, I would be trying to make a, a, a decision and I would be on it for months and I would not move. But I was not praying. And so I was second-guessing myself. It was like, move? No, don't move. Should I go? No, don't go. When I started to say, okay, God, I, I said to actually write things down and I will put them on the floor and say, I'm not moving until I get a release on this thing. And once I started to do that, it was easy to make the, those decisions. It was so easy that it was peaceful. 
right? I said, you have better morals. Signs of spiritual growth is you, you will... Immorality will actually make you uncomfortable. You, you become uncomfortable. You, you see some movies about to start, and it, there's, no, there's no thinking, oh, should I, should I change the channel, should I? You change it immediately. There's no, there's no, let's think about it. You just know. The things that sin, the things that break, um, I think it was um, Israel that sang a song, um, break, break My Heart with What Breaks Yours. I can't remember what album it was, but Break My Heart with What Breaks Yours. We cannot, especially today, there are things that you see that you just want to, you know why people say, oh my God, Christ has to come now. Christ Jesus, come now, come now, come now, because I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with this. And it's actually a prayer, break my heart. That's a sign of spiritual growth. When you start to pray, Father, break my heart with what breaks yours. Make me sensitive to the things that hurt you so I'm not contributing to it. I'm not participating in it. I'm not, right? So, um, and I, I, one I just added which I loved because pastor put it on Sunday. Attending church is not an event. <laughs> that, that one, yo, I was like, whoo. Attending church is not an event. Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever felt like you were attending church like it was an event. If I could raise all four, I would raise it up. I've been there. It is not fun. It is not fun. You know why? Because you're coming to church and you're living the same way, or even worse. You don't, you, you can't, um, and I, it, it, it hurts my heart when I hear someone say, oh, I went to church today, but I didn't get anything. Like, How? How? It's not God. It's not God. When we come, we, we, we come, like, when, when, I, when I come to church, for me, maybe because I'm also a worship leader, I come because I want to meet with God. I come because I want to encounter God. I come because I need God. If I don't have God, I have nothing. Life is meaningless. And I can think back to when it was like that for me. Go to church, go back the same. Leave home sad, come back sad. Leave home depressed, come back depressed. Until I got tired and I, I got tired of seeing people happy, just, just joy, radiating all over them. And it, it was like, wait, am I, am I what, is, what is it that's blocking that same joy that they have? Why can't I have it? Sometime, and it took me actually leaving um, 
Okay, vulnerable moment. It took me actually leaving a place to move here. Because sometimes you're, you're so, you're so, the, the, the sadness or whatever it is, life so beats you down where you are that unless you get up, get up, actually get up, leave, and come to the place where there is light before you begin to see any kind of um, solution. Right? So attend church because you are, you start to attend church because you want to encounter God. For real. And evangelism. I know people say, oh, I'm shy. I can't talk to people. But that's not it. Talking is not the only way you can evangelize. You know that, right? You can start conversation. Any, I mean, the subtlest things can start a conversation that will lead to Christ. And uh, I did say, hate sin. Now... Instead of reacting to life, you start to respond by and with the word of God. As you grow in Christ, as you get to know God more and more, right? As he, and it's funny because when you start to know Christ, you don't know all of him at once, right? You know him as a father. You know him as a provider. Okay, so let's, let's, let's kind of compartmentalize this. Um, there was a time I didn't know God as a provider. I heard of him as a provider. But guess how I knew him as my provider, right? He's everybody's provider, but until he gets you out some, some, some debt that if it wasn't him or I remember being pregnant with my second and at 24 weeks, I had, I, I started opening up, whatever, that's, that's what they said. Now, humanly, humanly, he should not be here. Humanly, he should not be here. He turned 17 in July. So I know God as a healer, right? Then I know him as a provider because years ago, when I didn't have money to even go to the embassy, I had we had gotten the green card, but we had to go to the embassy, and now everybody who owed us money suddenly didn't have money. And at the 20, wait, at the, what, that, that's when I say midnight hour, I know what that means to me because I have had a personal encounter with God about the midnight hour. Because it came through. He came through midnight when we were supposed to go at 6 a.m. The money completed. So I know him. So that's what I'm saying, that you know God in, in parts. And the more you know him, the more of him you know, 
the more of God you know, right? You, re you, don't you don't react to life anymore. You respond. You find, you find a scripture that talks about what you're dealing with and you use that scripture to pray. That's what I do. That's what I do. Because I believe that there is nothing, there is no answer I'm looking for that's not in the Bible. None. None. So I do not react to life. I respond by the word of God. I throw the word of God at whatever problem. That, because the word of God is true, right? Revelations, it's true, it's accurate. It will, God will always come through. And then, love people unselfishly. Love people unselfishly. It's not, oh, if they do for me, then I'll do for them. Just, just, just do for them. Love unselfishly. And then have a regular prayer life. That, that one I cannot overemphasize. So, before I go, I, I, I said in the beginning that, um, so let's look at um, uh, YouTube people. There isn't too many people. Hi, uh, Juliet said surrender. Yes. All right. So there isn't too much traffic on YouTube tonight. Let's see. Facebook. All right, the same thing, not too much traffic. Okay, so remember I said in the beginning, and if you're just joining us, I did say that I always use personal um, experiences when I do Bible study. But before I share my, I've got three for you today as a sign of spiritual growth for me, but I wanted to see if anybody has anything else that you wanted to add as a sign of spiritual growth in your life, if you have any personal one. Oh, it doesn't have to be your life either. Okay, Mayawa and then, okay, yeah, Mayawa first. Um, before I, okay, I don't know. All right, uh, before I give an example, I actually wanted to sort of add on to the reason why spiritual growth is so important, important to being a disciple. And something that came to mind is the fact that you can only teach what you know. Right? Come on. Mm -hmm. So... If you're discipling somebody and you've only grown up to a certain point, that's as much as you can impart in, on them. Um, but if you're in constant, and, and you know, in God is infinite, right. there's infinite growth. So there's always more to learn, more to grow, and, and therein there's more to impart and teach somebody else. Right. Um, but one thing that I have noticed in my personal life is, so I, I've made it a habit to always be in constant prayer and conversation with God even especially when I'm driving, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and one thing I, I, that he told me recently was there was a time where I was, I was driving home and, you know, I decided, I was like, I was going to go this way. He's like, no, go this way. And I, I got home. Everything's fine, regular. Um, and I was just thinking, I was just like, I didn't see anything. But then I heard the word that, and I feel like this applies not only to just driving, but it's just like oh, a metaphor, right? Uh, just because you didn't see somebody else in an accident doesn't mean I, I didn't save you from one. Wow. Right? So just because you don't see that God rescued you from a situation or fixed something 
or you don't see someone else fall into a certain trap doesn't mean that you weren't, you know what I mean? So that was something that I learned by just constantly being in conversation. Wow. All right. I think in the back. I think a sign of spiritual growth is being aware of maybe your downfalls and some areas that you have to work on, but then also being open to correcting and hearing uh, or finding ways that you need to correct it. So, um, for example, um, there are times when I personally would read the Bible, and as I'm reading, there could be certain days where I'm like, okay, uh, I, I, I call God, that's my dad. So I'm, that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, we got, we're getting correction today. So an example of recently, um, I was reading Romans, and Romans chapter 12 is like, mm. that one touched because it was just about, you know, basically like sacrificing your life for, for God. It talks about loving people for real and not for fake. <laughs> um, and there was another one where it says to let God actually transform you. And, you know, the book of Romans is big on the mind and how mm -hmm. you think and renewing your mind. And I think um, for me personally, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm on my own journey, too. But at least being aware of, okay, there are times where your mind can drift or it can go to places where you don't need it to go. You have to constantly tell yourself, okay, nope, not right now. We're going to stop. And um, it's actually probably one of the most important reasons why we should start remembering um, scriptures. Because during those times where your mind is drifting, yep. you can just be like, uh, no, not right now. Okay, let me remember something or write it down or highlight it. Yeah. You can go back to it. So. Right. Mm. Thank you. That's so important because, and you touched on something I was going to share. So I, I said that I had three um, different experiences that I wanted to, to share. Um, I remember when I first got born again, always sitting by this man in, in church, and I would hear him pray, the God, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? Every, every time. Every time we had to pray, that was the first thing that came out of his mouth. The God of Abraham, I'm, I'm like... Why do you always pray that? Why does he always start with that? Right? And anyway, I, I forgot about it. And then maybe two years ago, I, 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 I remembered him. And, and I started to ask the Holy Spirit, why, why do we always say, and I've heard countless people say that too, the God of, in fact, the God of this pastor, blah, blah, blah. I remember thinking, why isn't he your God? Why, why, so spiritual, see, spiritual growth, when you start to grow spiritually, God goes from being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the God of Gladys. It goes to being your God because you're knowing God more and more for you, for you. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I have a, a podcast uh, God Conversations with Gladys. And one of the things I started to say to people maybe last year was know God for you and act accordingly. Know God for you and then act accordingly. Because when you know God for you, that revelation is yours. You're not, you're not dealing with God based on somebody else's revelation. Whatever you hear preached 
Go back home, sit with it. God, show me. Show me. And God will teach you. What, whatever it is that you need to, to know, trust me that God will teach you. Second thing that um, spiritual growth. <laughs> I started to pray. At that time, I didn't know how dangerous that prayer was until God answered it. I, I asked God to expose me to me. Oh, Lord. I don't, I don't know what it was. I woke up that morning. I was feeling... Excuse me. I was feeling... You know how you wake up and I, I just had this heaviness. And I don't know. The words just rolled out of my mouth. Like, Father, expose me to me. Show me the things that I need to take care of. Show me the flaws I need to, to deal with. Hmm. When he started to expose me to me, I did not like what I saw. Okay. When I teach Bible study, I'm very vulnerable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you. There was someone, I was always salty with them. I just was always salty. I just, I never understood what it was. When I asked God to show me to myself, it was a spirit of jealousy. What? Me? Jealous? Of what? Why? But it was, as as much as I hated, I, I prayed for it, right? He answered. Why was I getting salty with God? <laughs> but I'm glad that he did. Because when he did, I had to repent of it. And I intentionally loved on the person now. Intentional. Was it Toby that said intentional? Intentional. So when we, when we I, don't, I don't know, maybe someone needs to pray that prayer. Father, expose me to me. Show me the things that I need to fix. Because if what will happen is if we don't fix it, if you don't fix it, it holds you up. The things that we, guess what? The things that we say cause delay, sometimes we are our own delay. Sometimes we are our own delay. So I had to pray that prayer. I could have easily said, first of all, I could have easily not even be open to receiving that from the Holy Spirit. I could have heard it and said, I bind you, me. What are you t-? I could have easily said that. But because I said that, it shed light on the, on the issue. And so I, I, I can walk. I can walk around that person without feeling salty. I can walk around that person and not feel like, why are you the only one God is blessing? I can walk around, remember I said vulnerability, right? Another one that God just showed me. Well, let me tell you about Sunday. Sunday, when we, how many people were in church? When we, when we sang No Longer Slaves? I have been leading No Longer Slaves for a long time. But the way that I got it on Sunday. When I started to say, 
I am a child of God, it suddenly something clicked. If you are a child of God, there are some things that you will not allow to affect you. If you're a child of God, there are some things that you will not even think about. You will throw the word right back at them. And then at some point, I started to say, do you know who I am? Like, some of us look at, need to look at our circumstance or situation or whatever it is and say, do you know who I am? Do you know who my father is? Because if you did, you wouldn't try me. But you know the problem? Even me, I didn't know who my father was. So how's the problem going to know? When you know, you're able to pass that to the, to the thing to say, listen, mind yourself, watch yourself. Watch yourself. My father. <laughs> My father. And that's all we need. So the last thing I'm going to share, um, I talked about delay, right? I've been trying to, like I have a couple of projects that I wanted to do, and it's been delayed. This week, God told me why it was delayed. Because he simply asked me, why do you bring people into things I haven't told you to bring them into? Why do you involve people in things I haven't told you to involve them in? Why do you share things that you yourself, you are not clear yet? That's where your delay is coming from. When I show you things, when I call you to me, when I pull you to me and I show you something, it's not for you to run and start to share about it until I give you the release. When you start to grow spiritually, God will start to show you things. He will start to show you things. He will start to lead you in ways that are simple, but you must be ready and intentional. Remember how I said in the beginning, discipleship or discipling is like you're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I started to pray prayers like, Holy Spirit, I partner with you. I'm putting my hand, like I will put my hand in yours. Like lead me. Lead me. Because without the leading of the Holy Spirit, you are blind. You may think you know what you're doing, but you're blind. But when you are spiritually growing, you have the sense to ask for direction. Holy Spirit, where am I going? Should I stop here? Should I move? Should I stay? Should I wait? Like, you know when it's, you know the difference between pause you know the difference between, you know when it's to pivot and you know when it's to reset. When you are spiritually growing, that there's that sense there. Okay, Father, this is what you're showing me. What do I do about it? God is so practical to the point that he can wake you up at any time. I want to talk to you. Spiritual growth, you can't be lazy. There has to be discipline. 
There has to be discipline. There were seasons where at a certain time I was waking up. I wasn't sure what it was for. Like, oh, I can't sleep. So what's the, what's the natural thing to do? Natural. Huh? Huh? What? Try to sleep back. Okay. What? What else? Social media. And then you're on social media to 6 a.m. And then at the end of social media, right, at 6 a.m., what happens? Now you start your day salty because you saw somebody. I made blah, blah, blah in three months. I did something, something in six months. I manifested my house. Cash down. And then the whole day, you're thinking, how do I manifest my house? <laughs> Six months. <laughs> how do I manifest a, a million dollars in my account? In six months. How? Like, listen, the day I got delivered from that, I was like, okay. So when the Holy Spirit wakes me, when I wake up, when I wake up for no reason, when I wake up now, I just either go to my Bible app and read something. Um, but these days, there's always something he's asking me to pray about. Let me tell you the one that freaked me out. He sh- I woke up and I saw a vision. I was fighting with someone. And the Holy Spirit said, pray. Pray. So I prayed about it. Later on that day, that almost happened. And I'm like, wait, what if I didn't pray? See, when you're growing spiritually, things, the Holy Spirit will show you things. He may show you to you quick. If you're not sensitive, you will miss it. If you're not sensitive, you will miss it. One of the joys of spiritual growth for me is also just the Holy Spirit telling me what to pray about. I used to have, I would write prayer points down. And then one day, I woke up. I was about to start my devotion. But I just had this sense, okay, go to this book. This, this particular scripture kept coming on and on. So I read, I read it. I have a habit of doing compare, where you compare several uh, versions of, of, of scriptures. And as I was doing that, I'm meditating on it. My prayer points were coming out of those scriptures. And before I knew it, an hour had gone. As you grow and as you're intentional and you are hungry, you're hungry um, Shola, can you show that um, Jeremiah 29:13? As you are hungry for God, your prayers begin to be bolder. Your, your daily walk with Him gets bolder, right? You know that you can't leave your house without speaking to the Father. It goes from you rushing, oh, I'll pray in, I'll pray in the car. That, that won't do. That will not do. 
The day I went, uh, there was a day I, I, I left, I think I left home. I was in a hurry. I left home. My kids left home. And at work, I just felt like there was, like, like, you know, when there's no roof in a building, like, I just had that sense that we were all just open. That's how, that's how I feel when I don't take time to pray in the morning. I feel like, I feel like we don't have a hedge. Is that, is, is that Job? Where it said, um, was it the devil telling God you've built a, a hedge around him? Prayer is a hedge around us. So your growing spiritually is, I am not leaving, I'm not leaving exposed. I'm not leaving my house exposed. Prayer covers me. So I cover everybody. I cover myself. I cover my business. Everything. Because that's how we grow. We grow by staying in the word. We grow by God revealing himself to us. But that has to come with a hunger. Right? If you're not hungry, you're not going to eat. We hunger and we thirst after him as the deer pants for the water. So my soul, so my soul pants for you. We want to know more of God. We want to learn more of God, right? Apart from what we get in church, we go back home and we soak in the word. We soak in the word and we pray. I like how Mayowa said it's constantly in conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. Um, I think I was listening to somebody and they, and I actually did that for myself too, where every Three hours, I think it was, I set an alarm to just pray 10, 15 minutes. That's a start. But prayer should be, is a big part of spiritual growth because you're constantly talking to God, right? And as you talk to God, you're listening to what God is saying too. You're not rushing in and out of God's presence. But you also know his presence. Right? We practice his presence. We know his presence. Because if you don't know it, then how, how do you know it's there? How do you know when it's there? Hmm. So let me read some things that um, YouTube said... Tommy said, spiritual maturity starts to change our priority. Mm. Our priority change. Now, now God is the priority. I always say God in the beginning, God in the middle, God at the end. Right? It, it's, it's God. What, what, what is God saying? What is God directing me to do? I'm not making decisions because I want to make it. I'm not making decisions because they look good. Because it sounds good. Right? God, a good decision is not necessarily a God decision. And I want a God decisions. I want God decisions. Right? She said, material things start to lose its hold on us and spiritual things start to matter more. Giving our time and money to God becomes easier. <laughs> yep. So it starts to change our priority. 
Um, Yvette said, we say the God of because we are reminded that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Okay. All right. So I am so sorry. Uh, you, Facebook. Is anybody on Facebook? Yeah. No. All right. So it's God in the beginning, God in the middle, God, right? Um, let me see. Does anybody else have something else they wanted to share before? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Gladys. Um, so we're just talking about discipleship. Uh, I feel this scripture just came to mind uh, that kind of help, help, has helped me. Uh, it's kind of motivational for me. It's Luke 6, 39 to 40, and I'll read out of the NLT. Mm -hmm. It says, then Jesus gave the following illustration. That's NLT for parable. Can one blind person lead another? Mm. Won't they both fall into a ditch? And I believe, uh, I think Maya was referring to the fact that, you know, for you to, uh, you also referred to, to, for you to disciple someone, you yourself must at least have something. So right. Jesus is saying, you can't be a blind person leading a blind person. person. And I guess, and assuming if you really want to grow too, don't go following somebody who is blind. <laughs> and then verse 40 is really the kicker for me. It says students, and there's a, it's asterisk there to say disciples, are not greater than their teacher. But a student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Mm. That's, that has so much potential. God wants you to really be like him at the end of the day. If God is your teacher and you really submit to the full training, the intentionality, the hunger, you are one with God, you are making God decisions, mm -hmm. before you know it, you really become like him, yep. which is really what God really wants. wants. So, but it takes the full training. So it takes the discipleship. It takes following after him. And I think that's what's been motivational for me, that, you know, just going after it. Yep. Thank you. And so, spiritual growth really is about maintaining a consistency with God. Maintaining a consistency with him. Life happens, okay? I'm number one. Nobody, I'm not superhuman, right? Things happen that make me, I may drop the ball, but the Holy Spirit, there's a, I, I don't know, I feel like a thing in the back of my head, like, what are you doing? What happened to prayer today? It's just, it, it's, it's just there. And that's because, I don't know, maybe I've trained my spirit to, okay, I know, I know why. I think it's because all the times that he woke me up to pray, now when it doesn't happen, I, there's a, I'm uncomfortable, Right now, I understand it's about it was a, it's about building capacity, because sometimes you don't need. So I think it was this year. Someone gave me a word said God wants you to build capacity, and I didn't understand what that meant until recently. Building capacity is not about oh, wh why do you need it? You don't need it now. You're building capacity for down the road when you need it when you need it. So it's about building spiritual growth. It's about consistency with God, right? Because the enemy is always waiting. He's, he's, he's waiting 
for that opening. That's all he needs, an opening. And once he comes in, now you're not, what? Now you can't pray. Now the things that you would have easily thrown a word at him, now you're, 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 you're praying in tongues for an hour when all of it is common sense. Like, if you do not study for an exam, you will fail or you will not get the kind of mark that you should get. Sometimes, that's how I feel we need to deal with the enemy. Before we start shabbying all over the place, what is the problem? Understanding. If we comprehend something, if we understand something, a lot of the spiritual blows that we, 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 do, we don't need it. We're expending energy. Spiritual growth will help you pray with understanding. That's one thing I forgot. You will pray with understanding. You will God will open your eyes. What's that place in Ephesians where it talks about may your eyes be enlightened? I think it was. You will pray with understanding when you start to pray spiritually. Okay. I wanted to, I wanted to piggyback on your, uh, your, your exam metaphor, which is something that came to heart, was uh, the more that you grow, the harder those tests become also. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're taking Calc 1, you take Calc 2 next. That exam is going to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more you grow, we have to recognize the more devious the devil gets as well. Um, I think if we look in the Bible, I think the times that a Christian is most vulnerable is before you fully accept God mm-hmm. and the closer you get to him. Yeah. is Those moments of huge spiritual impact, even if we look at the life of Jesus, when he's tested is right after being baptized, right? Mm -hmm. So we, there's the flip side of us growing spiritually in that we learn and we gain so much more. But in learning and gaining so much more, we have to recognize that that's how much more he wants you, the enemy that is speaking. Right. Wow. All right. That's our time. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to me tonight. Thank you for having this conversation with me. Spiritual growth is about consistency with God, right? And if you're not growing, you can't disciple properly because your, your, whoever you're discipling will only grow to the extent of which you are growing, Right? And you can't, like Maya said, you can't give what you don't have. So God forbid they come and they say, we, I have this problem. You, you won't know what to do. Or your prayers will not be properly targeted because you, you won't be able to direct them properly. So spiritual growth is very important. Very, very important. All right. Yes, Pastor. I think the essence of this is us to, I mean, to really change our view of uh, evangelism. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of time we think the goal of evangelism is to get someone to confess Christ. Oh, right. You know, just win them to Christ and, you know, make them say the sinner's prayer or come out and say, I've received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. That is really a more modern model, not necessarily the Bible model. Mm. See, the Bible model is 
to not stop until we make that person a disciple. The ultimate goal of evangelism is discipleship. Now, there will be times when we can't meet that person. You know, we travel somewhere, we meet someone on the road, we share the gospel with them, they accept Christ. Uh, you know, we encourage them, we tell them, please work with the Lord or find a local church. Yeah, that, there will be times like that. But at least for the most part, when we are reaching out to people, I mean, reaching, I mean, trying to share the gospel with people or trying to, you know, you know, lead people to Christ, we should always have it in mind that our job is not to just stop there. It's to help them, you know, to truly become disciples, right? And also let them know that they also now need to become to win or begin to win other people to Christ and make them disciples. And I think we have to really, it has to be a paradigm shift in how we look at the Great Commission, right? It is about discipleship, not just about conversion. You know, conversion without discipleship mm-hmm. will not go far, no. right? You know, people will, you know, people will just, that's why people will give their life and take it back again without anybody really, even to, if there's nobody there to really walk the journey with them. So I think for those of us here who are hearing this word, let's just make sure that we understand that that is our role.